Welcome to Ministry in Motion, where we explore best practices for your ministry in the 21st century. Our topic today is creating a welcoming church, which is a vital topic. And our guest is Christine Chen. Hi, Christine. Hello. Thank you for having me. Thanks for coming on. Now, you're from Global Professional Protocol. Is that right? Yes, that's right. It's a mouthful, isn't it? It is. It is. (laughs) And you normally attend only Seventh-day Adventist Church? Yes, I do. Fantastic. Welcome. Thank you. Now, with this program, we're looking to explore how to make the church welcoming, Mm -hmm. not only for visitors, but also regular attenders. So let's come on and even look at the term visitor to begin with. What what do you think about that as a a, a way to refer to a person coming to the church for the first time? Well, you know, we're so used to calling first-time visitors, our visitors, and we welcome them as visitors. But when you use the term visitors, to me, it almost sounds like someone from the outside and you're not really a part of our group. I really like using the term guest because guest to me is someone to be honored. Yes. So when you refer to our to visitors as guests, I think it takes on a different meaning. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. So we want to address how um, guests are welcomed, yes. greeted in the church, made to feel at home. And we also want to look at regular members. Right. And I've got to tell you, even the term member, yeah, it's accurate in many ways, mm-hmm. but we're not just talking about a member of a club here or something like that. We're talking about disciples of Jesus. That's right. And so we want them to feel it, it welcome and church to be a positive experience for those people as well. Now, there are biblical principles that I'd like to explore with you on how we, we should do things to the very best of our ability. You've got some texts for us? I sure do, and there are a lot. I'm going to share just two with you today. Okay. And I'm reading from the New International Version. Right. And this is Colossians 3.23. It says, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for men. Wow, there's a real message there, isn't there? Yeah, there sure is. You know, the whole heart and mm-hmm. as for the Lord, that, that's big, big pictures there. and yeah. and big emphasis. That's right. That's right. I have one more. It's in Ecclesiastes 9.10 and it says, whatever your hands find to do, do it with all your might. Wow. Yeah. And I think God expects us to excel, to do everything to the best of our ability. And that, I, I believe, is the church experience as well. Yes. Doing things to the absolute best of our ability. That's yeah. right. Yeah. Now, Christine, in the corporate world, The corporate world goes to great lengths to make sure that their customers Mm -hmm. feel good about entering the the premises and and interacting with with the corporate world. Um, Now, of course, the the church isn't corporate in that regard. Our motive isn't the financial return. Our motive, of course, is love and compassion and sharing that divine love and compassion with people. But we can still learn a great deal from the corporate world, can't we? Oh, we sure can. Uh, My clients in the corporate world, when I'm teaching customer service, it really boils down to the golden rule. You know, treat others the way you want to be treated. And I think we can learn so much. As you said, our church disciples Mm -hmm. and guests are not customers. Yes. But we can learn from the corporate world. They spend 
billions trying to figure this out. And there are so many studies done that have shown the advantages of treating people with respect and doing things with excellence. And I think it's so important to remember that sometimes what other people experience in our church is not what we are experiencing in our church. Because many times we are in church with our friends, the people that we look forward to seeing every week. And so therefore we have in our mind that we are really friendly churches. But maybe we're only friendly with each other and we're forgetting about those guests or maybe even disconnected disciples. Yeah. We're forgetting about them. Yeah. yeah. And that, that can be devastating, can't it? Yes. You know, to those who are become the other, the isolated and the excluded. Mm -hmm. And it, it can be purely as a result of oversight rather than intention. Absolutely. But the damage is still the same. That's right. You know, Jack Mackey, he's a business professional, and he says you can say what you want about who you think you are, but people believe what they experience. Wow. And I think that's really powerful. And that's something the corporate world uh, that I try to really hit home for them. And I think we would do well in the church to recognize that as well. Um, because I've experienced in other churches similar things when I've gone to visit. And, um, you know, we look at websites, we look at missions, we look at um, vision statements of our churches, and they're beautifully written. They say all the right things that we welcome everybody. If you come to our church, you are a member of our family meeting. But sometimes you don't feel that way. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So just looking at the corporate world a little more, mm -hmm. are there any more findings that you're familiar with that we, we can right. learn from and adapt? Right. Well, there are. You know, there was a study done, and I think this is fascinating, and this goes with that quote from Jack Mackey about people believe what they experience. Uh, Customers of 361 different companies were surveyed about their experience at those companies. And they asked, what would you say, how many of you believe you had an exceptional, excellent experience? And only 15% said that they did. Then the reverse happened, and they asked those same 361 companies, how do you feel you treat your customers? What kind of service do you give? Mm -hmm. And do you know 85% of those companies said, we give stellar service. So there's a real disconnect there. Yeah. From 15% right. to 85%. Right. That's, that's a big gap, isn't right. it? Right. And then yeah. you say, who's right? Yeah, exactly. The customer yeah. is what they experience is right. And you know, when we look at the companies that are doing very well, even during low economic times, those companies that put the customer first, treat them with respect, care for their needs even, even before they know they have a need, mm. those are the companies that do not suffer any of the consequences of a low economy. In fact, um, the S&P shows that they outperform by four times. Wow, wow. That says something. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So the, the corporate world, it's focusing a lot of its attention mm -hmm. on the individual from the corporate company that's that right. makes contact with the individual. Are they focusing much on that personal interaction? Oh, they sure are. And they're teaching their employees to use the customer's name because that's one of the number one 
uh, things that we need to remember because that instantly builds a relationship. We all love hearing our name mm -hmm. because it feels like we belong. Yeah. So when you walk into an organization and they immediately say, hello, Christine, hello, Anthony, all of a sudden you go, oh, they know me. They must really respect me. They must think I'm somebody. Yeah, right? yeah. And I'm sitting here and I'm seeing you smile. And I'm thinking to myself, <laughs> That's got to be a part of this too, right? That's right. That's right. You know, it's interesting. I was just listening to the radio the other day, and they said that they, there was a study done, and toddlers smile about 400 times a day. Adults smile 17 times a day. And I thought, that's huge. We need to be smiling more. You know, that's a body language that everybody around the world understands. Absolutely. Right. Now, Christine, you have some findings of first-time attenders yeah. to churches and how they feel when they attend the first <laughs> time. And we're eager to hear that research. We're going to do that straight after this break. Great. So stay with us. We'll be right back with more of Ministry in Motion. Welcome back to Ministry in Motion. Our topic today is creating a welcoming church and our guest is Christine Chen. Christine, in the earlier section, we looked at the corporate world and the emphasis that they place on creating a, a welcoming environment for customers. Right. A lot of research, but there's been some research done on churches mm -hmm. and how first-time attenders have found their experience in going to a church. Share with us some of those details. Okay, well, you know, we've all heard that you have about five seconds to make a first impression. Just five and seconds. Five seconds. And if you've ever, if you, you can try it and you can tell by reading someone's body language what kind of mood they're in. You can hear it in the tone of the voice. So when people are walking into our churches, in five seconds they can tell, you know, and they're making up their mind. But research shows that churchgoers are a little bit more generous with their time and they make up their mind in about the first 10 minutes of walking into the church, whether or not they will come back or not. And that's before the first song, before the sermon, before anything really happens in the service, 10 minutes, they've decided. Wow. Yeah. In, in some ways it's long, but in other ways, wow, 10 minutes. No. Uh, to use the vernacular, that's not long to dance. No, it is not. It, no. Yeah. So what, what are they looking for in that 10 minutes? Well, they're looking for a connection. They're looking for people that are authentic, sincere, people that take some time, not just here's your bulletin and welcome. They, they want to make a connection. They're there because of that. And you know, they're looking for a family. Mm. And you know, 70 to 90% of first time guests will not come back. That's huge. 70 to 90% yeah. just come once and never again. And never come back. But here's the good news, 90% will come back if there is a follow-up, if there's a phone call, if there's a card that comes in the mail, maybe they're invited to someone's home for lunch. Then 90% of those first-time guests will come back. What an opportunity, Yeah. You, you know? So if we just make some sort of connection, it increases it exponentially to 90%. That's, that's yeah. staggering. Yeah. So just a simple connection with a phone call, a card, mm -hmm. an invitation. Yeah. You know, that's not rocket science and it's not no. altogether impossible to do. No, it's yeah. not. 
It's very easy to connect with people. But I, the key is to be authentic and genuine. Yeah. Because people can tell, you know, just by your body language, the way you're standing, if your feet are pointed one way and you're talking to them, you know. Albert Morabian, he is a professor at UCLA, and he did a lot of research on nonverbal communication, which accounts for our body language and the tone in our voice. And he said 93% of the communication that is given is through those two things, yeah. body language and tone of voice. So we really need to pay attention to our body language when people are coming into our church. The smile, making eye contact, shaking hands with them, yeah. doing all the, of those things that make them feel welcome and you're taking just a few minutes to engage with that person. Exactly, yeah. Now you've got some biblical principles for us as well, what, what we should be aiming towards. I do. I do. And I think some of these are very familiar to many of us. Sure. And again, I'm reading from the New International Version. And this one is found in Hebrews 13.2. And this is one of my favorites. Mm -hmm. It says, Do not forget to entertain strangers, for by, by so doing, some people have entertained angels without knowing it. You know? It's a challenge, isn't it? Yeah. You know, and it's yeah. an exciting challenge. Mm -hmm. But really... In some ways, why should we treat a person less than an angel? You know, exactly. a, a candidate for Jesus, you know, this is, this is what we are called to do. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Have you had an experience in your own life <laughs> where, you know, you've perhaps gone to a church for the first time and what's, what's it been like for you? <laughs> well, I just had an experience last year and uh, my husband and I were traveling and Sabbath morning, we decided to get up and go to the local church. And it just so happened that it was potluck Sabbath. And so as we were making our way to the fellowship hall that morning, uh, we stopped and talked to a few folks. And so it ended up we were one of the last to arrive into the fellowship hall. And uh, when we arrived, there was a woman standing behind the potluck table. And she looked up, not smiling, but looked oh. up with an annoyed look on her face. Oh. Uh, and she asked us the question, did you eat yet? And we said, no, we just arrived. And she looked into the kitchen and told the people in the back, we have to get the food out again. And so I just said, you know what? We'll just have the salad. I see there's salad sitting here. We'll just have that. So she asked that question that sometimes many of us ask when we really don't want an honest answer. Mm -hmm. She said, are you sure? I do. Right. So that was our impression of that church. It's hardly welcoming, is it? No. Why, why don't we walk through what the ideal situation would be. Ah. So when you went into the, the hall where there was mm -hmm. the meal and people were eating, how would you like to have been greeted? Well, and I thought about this. I thought, mm -hmm. you know, what could she have done? They were putting things away. Uh, they were probably in a rush. And I thought what she should have done is that I'm so glad you're here. We put things back in the back, but let, let me get them out for you again. I see there's some other people coming as well. Hold on one moment. Yes. And with a smile, genuine, yeah. and coming out to make sure, and then checking, is there anything else I can get you? That would have been huge. And that, you know, to me, putting the food away a little early probably wasn't the best thing to do when you look at it as a customer service um, aspect. But then to do it with such joy and bring it back out, then all of a sudden I'm thinking, wow, but she was so sweet about bringing it back out and it yeah. caused her more work. Then all of a sudden I'm thinking more highly of her 
than I would have before. Exactly, yeah. yeah. And you know, even to think through, because it's, it's often easy to be judgmental on somebody yes. who's late, you know, yes. for, but when you think, why are they late? Yes. Well, they're probably connecting with people outside yeah. and isn't that a good thing? <laughs> I think you, so. You know, to be fellowshipping and, and building bridges with other disciples. Like, this is what our church is there for. That's right. That's yeah. right. Yeah. So there's, there's more I want to discuss with you on this vital topic because there are people who come week after week that are not even recognised as being regular attenders. Yeah. And I think that's something we really need to address. And I'd like yeah. to do that with you straight after this break. We'll be right back with more of Ministry in Motion. Welcome back to Ministry in Motion. Our topic today is creating a welcoming church and our guest is Christine Chen. Christine, when, when people come to a, a church, they can come for several weeks, maybe even a year, and still be thought of as a first-time attender. Have you got any tips or advice on, because we, we may not know everyone in the church, how, what's a, an appropriate way to address somebody that we're not sure of? Of course. And we've had that happen even at my church mm -hmm. where our greeters have greeted someone that's been coming for a very long time and said, oh, are you a guest today? And that can be offensive <clears throat> to yes. some people. So the better way to respond to that, if you do not recognize somebody that's coming into your church, is say, oh, I haven't met you yet. Okay. Instead of saying, are you a first-time guest? All right. Let's make sure we really capture that. So, <clears throat> hi, I haven't met you as yet. That's, that's an appropriate greeting then? Yes, yeah. yes. It means that I'd like to meet you. I'm interested in who you are. I want to get to know you, make a connection. Yeah. Rather than, oh, are you a visitor today? Are you yeah. a guest today? But I haven't had the pleasure of meeting you yet. That's nice and welcoming. Right. Yeah. Right. And a smile with it. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And eye contact. And learn the name. Yes. And a handshake. Exactly. Okay. And say the person's name. And I think this is critical when we're meeting someone for the first time. And that does a number of things. It creates a bond when you say the person's name. It gives an opportunity to correct the pronunciation of the name if you said it incorrectly. And it also helps you to remember that person's name. Exactly. Yeah. Now, you have some tips for us. I do. On making a church specifically warm and welcoming. I do. Yeah. Well, I think one of the things that churches can start doing is start practicing anticipatory service rather than reactionary service. And what that means is that you are looking for a, to help someone else before they even know they have a need. And so you're anticipating that person's need. For instance, you might have umbrellas in your foyer. It might be a rainy day. And so maybe you have some of your youth out in the parking lot to walk guests and your disciples mm -hmm. into church. They may show up and realize, I don't have an umbrella. Well, guess what? There's someone there to walk you in. So you're anticipating a need before they may know they have it. Yes. Help go to a door and open it mm. for a young mother or a young father that has their hands full. Yes. That's very helpful. So look for those opportunities. And I always say they're opportunities to reach out and help. 
And the other thing that I think is so important, we talked about it briefly, is when people walk in, making eye contact, saying the person's name, shaking their hand, and then rather than pointing to where they would like to go, take them there. And okay. we always say never point. If you absolutely have to, there are times when mm -hmm. you're the only one there that that may happen. Yes. But walk people to where they need to go. What's the value of that? Well, there's a couple things that happen because there's something about when you go like this to a person, it's like, I want you to just go ahead and take care of yourself when you point. The other thing that is so important about this, as you're walking, you're talking. You're connecting with, the, with those that you are directing. So I think it's so important to do that. And a lot of corporations are doing that now. Right. They're starting to walk their guests to the, the ladies' room or men's room or cafeteria, wherever they're asking to go. They guide them there. Yeah. It's so much, it's, it's warm, it's friendly, yes. and, and it's an opportunity, as you said, to connect. That's right. Yeah. That's right. So the other, I wanted to just mention something about greeting. We talk about something called the 10 feet greet. Now this is something that actually Sam Walton, who founded Walmart, which right. we all are familiar with, he instituted this with all of his employees. And the 10 feet greet means whenever you are within 10 feet of another person, you look up, make eye contact, smile, and say hello. Now that doesn't mean you need to stop every time, shake the person's hand, find out who they are, because we're all walking to different places. But when someone is within 10 feet, you look up, smile, and say good morning, good afternoon. And the other greeting tip is the three-minute rule. And that means the first three minutes of church service, the last three minutes of church service, you take time to greet those you don't know first. Okay. So that's really prioritizing mm -hmm. that vital period of time with... with People that we don't know, it's, mm -hmm. it's building those connections, and that's what's making that 90% that we right. talked about before. Right, yeah. right. That's incredibly important. We've just got, just a, we're down to a few seconds. <laughs> Is there something you'd like to wrap up on? Well, I guess I feel like we are given such an opportunity to reach people, to reach our guests, to reach our disciples that are in our church, and it doesn't take much to do that if we can start thinking about it as entertaining angels. Mm, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Christine Chen, thanks so much. Thanks for coming on Ministry in Motion. You're and welcome. thanks for helping us with a, another great program. You're welcome. Thank you. And we want to thank you for joining us on Ministry in Motion as well. Ministry in Motion, it's for pastors, for elders, for those who are interested in, in doing and being involved in ministry and perhaps even creating your own ministry. I'd like to invite you to come to our website, www.ministryinmotion.tv. There you'll find an array of resources. We have books that you can download free of charge. We have all of the programs that we've ever produced and been aired on Hope Channel by our friends here on Hope Channel. They're freely available to you as well. Many pastors are using these as training programs with key leaders in their churches as well. So there's an array of materials, resources, and pieces there that'll fascinate you. But I'd like to invite you to join us again when next time we're on Ministry in Motion. Until then, may God richly bless you.